You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail. Everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, they're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn so, thing. So you just put them in the morgue. You goddamn right, I do. If one chooses to walk the way of the Mandalore, you are both hunter and prey. This is the way. This is the way. The Force will be with you. Always. Be bold. Be brave. Courageous. Black alert. This is called Pirate Radio. We are refuse for great geeks, cause round here we don't get geek. We don't care for the hate speech. That's why we ain't mainstream. So we linked up on the same team. No heights, we can't reach. We are fan, we're hearts true. If you feel the same, sing along too. Say great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge, great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. It's like, yeah, uh, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lutzford. I'm totally gonna use that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome to At The Diner. It's the GGR Pirate Radio flagship podcast. My name is Mike Lunsford. I'm the editor-in-chief of our website. It's greatgeekrefuge.com. I'm also the host of our podcast. But I am not alone in this podcasting endeavor. Oh, no. I've got two amazing co-hosts with me. In fact, we actually have a special guest uh, on this particular podcast as well. In co-host seat number one, you know him, you love him. In fact, he is the most popular content on The Great Geek Refuge. Check him out. He's got his own podcast. It is The Overflow with MC Brooks. Like I said, check him out on Bandcamp too because he's got music. You can pay him to listen to his music. His name is MC Brooks. Today, actually, Mike, do you know what today is? Um, 425. Um, what is today? Today is the three-year anniversary of the first episode of The Overflow. Oh shit! What? Yeah, three years. Three years ago. Three years ago today, I uh, came up to uh, you know the Berg and recorded episode one live. Nice, nice. I'll have to go back. Congratulations, my brother. That's fantastic, Thank you. man. I was going to say that it was because of The Overflow that I actually met our guest, and we will get to him in just a moment. But our second co-host on the podcast a wonderfully talented artist in his own right in fact uh, if you go on his etsy shop which is you know very close to being shut down because he's tired of their bullshit i'm so sick um, of it <laughs> um you can pick up a really awesome uh falcon cap uh art piece that he did that i'm actually like it's one of my favorite pieces that i've ever seen him do um it's just it's it's the falcon as captain america just knocking out some alt-right piece of shit you should pick it up yourself uh his name is james rambo Welcome to the podcast. Here's your chance to do your dance at the podcast. All right. <laughs> <laughs> now I can make a dance up. Well done. <laughs> the podcast dance. Jesus Christ. It is. Oh, man. Oh, fuck. We'll have to talk about that, too, because while we were on vacation, we had to 
musical legends um, pass away. So we'll, we'll talk about that at some point as well, too. Um, but definitely RIP to DMX and to uh, Shock G, uh, also known as uh, Humpty Hump for those not in the know as far as uh, what his name was when he uh, when he was recording. But yeah, like the Humpty Dance, I mean, the dude was an incredibly talented musician. A lot of it, it always bummed me out that people would um, kind of treat him as a novelty act. Um, but actually, like his group, Digital Underground, is where Tupac got to start. Tupac was in Digital Underground, and it was one of the first um, rap artists that I remember listening to and, like, really, like, being amazed. I was like, man, this this dude's really got, like, some incredibly talented stuff to say. He's a really, really good musician. And I remember, like, researching him and finding out that, like, he's well-versed in, like, a lot of different musical styles, too. So RIP to him. And then DMX, I mean, like, you want to talk about a game-changer when it came to the rap game i mean like i don't think i know anybody who doesn't at least know at least one dmx song and like that dude brought like an anger and a passion to music that very few people do so i just wanted to take a quick second to, to shout uh, both those guys out but yeah if, if anybody else has anything to say about him please jump in yeah. Yeah, and can I also say rest in peace to Black Rob as well. He also passed away. He made the hit song Like Whoa back in the day. And he also passed away in this in the same time span. So I just wanted to throw that out. It was, there. I'm sorry, he passed it just a couple of days late a couple yeah. of days after. Damn dude. Yeah. Been a shitty time for music, unfortunately. But yeah. Yes. Um yeah, so that that man that you just heard talking about Black Rob, uh he uh, we mentioned him in the cold open. Uh he's been a guest on uh GGR before. Uh, he was actually, it wasn't the first episode. I know that uh, I was introduced to said through MC because of the overflow. Um, it might have been like episode two or three, right, MC? It was episode two. I interviewed him. Actually, okay. I think I interviewed him about uh, his last, like the actual last project he put out, if I remember correctly. Feeding Grounds. Actually, it might have been, I think Feeding Grounds, I think that, that I think that might have been it. Well, there you go. So he's he's got some uh, some street cred when it comes to the GGR guys. We we love him here, and, and we're glad that he's able to come <laughs> and join us today uh, for the podcast. His name is C Gats. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, that was a what? very rapid thing to say. I'm sorry. What's up, guys? How's it going? <laughs> hey, fellas, how are you? Reading <laughs> fellow men. <laughs> so <laughs> I um we were on spring break for two weeks. It was it was a nice little break, but um at the same time, man, let me tell you, uh I I miss talking to you guys and I'm so glad that we got to do this today because um my conversations I love my family. I, I very, very much I love my son, I love my wife, um people I work with, I love those those people too. But man, do I not get to have the same conversations that I have with you guys? And getting to talk about these things is, is always a, a highlight of my week. So to go almost three weeks without doing it was like, it was rough, man. I'm glad that we're getting to do this today. But um, Thank you for having me. Of course, dude. Um, so my, my spring break uh, consisted of us going to Disney World, which, you know, we tend to do a lot. And I'm not going to bore everybody with all of the details of we went to this park and we rode this ride and we did this and we did that. I mean, it was it was cool. It was fun. Um, in pandemic, it's I got to say, like, people are probably like, I can't believe Mike went to Disney World during pandemic twice. It's probably safer than any place that you've been. They are 
really strict about mask rules. Like if you're not wearing your mask over your nose and over your mouth, they will ask you to leave and not in a very polite way. Um, furthermore, it has to be the right kind of mask as well. You can't be th showing up with like a bandana. You can't be showing up with like a gator or like a t-shirt over your face. No, it has to be- N95? It doesn't have to be an M95. It has to be dual layer. So like it has to have at least two layers of material. It has to have ear straps as well. So like it Dang. has to be a legit mask. Not only that, they temperature check everybody that comes in there. So if your temperature is elevated, you're not walking in that park. And the only time that you're allowed to have your mask off is when you are seated and when you are eating or drinking. Those are the only times you're allowed to have it. As soon as you stand back up, you gotta have your mask back on. They sanitize everything. <laughs> they close rides to sanitize them. Um, the capacity for the parks is only at 35% right now. So they are doing pretty much everything they can. I mean, social distancing, like they are enforcing social distancing strictly. It, it was, we felt safe there. So if anybody is looking for a place to go on vacation because you're getting stir crazy, but you're afraid of what's going on in pandemic, Disney World is, is, has got their game together. So I would highly recommend it. I will say this though, as a fat guy, the the highlight of of this vacation was the food and i went to a place and i did an article on gg garden you guys can check it out it's um it's right there on the main page go to greatgeekrefuge.com but i did a review of a restaurant um called the columbia restaurant it's originally based out of tampa but they have a location in a uh, orlando suburb called celebration and the columbia restaurant is the oldest continuously running restaurant in the state of florida it's also the oldest spanish slash Cuban restaurant in the United States. When I wrote my article about, um, when I wrote my article about Tampa, when I was doing the uh, food ball, the National Football League, I wrote about the two foods that were integral to Tampa. I said that like the most iconic foods were a Cubano sandwich and crab croquettes. And the Columbia serves both of these and is probably most famous for both of them. And I got to have them there. And like, let me tell you, guaranteed everybody's had it, I would think, if you're if you're interested. Everybody's probably had a Cuban sandwich at one point. Like Rambo, you've had a Cuban sandwich at some restaurant of some form, correct? Damn straight. Yeah. I have too, and I very much enjoy them. Imagine having a hamburger. You've had a hamburger before, right? Everybody's had a hamburger. Any food, whatever yes, food it is that you've had before, Imagine having it, but then going to a restaurant that became famous for essentially like creating it and making it famous and having it done with all of the ingredients being the highest quality ingredients you can get. Not fancy, not like these things where you see like, oh, they made a cheesesteak, but the cheesesteak is Wagyu beef and it's got um, it's got truffle oil butter and it's got aged uh, blue cheese that can only be found in caves in France and it's $450. No, just high. It, it probably would be. Um, <laughs> I saw it on the Food Network once, and I was like, why would you ever want to order that? And then I was like, well, because it's probably delicious. Um, but the Cuban sandwich that they had at the Columbia, the ham was amazing. The pork was, like, perfectly roasted. Like, they had just finished roasting it and slicing it to put it on the sandwich. The, the salami was like they had just gotten it from an Italian deli. The bread that it was cooked on was fresh Cuban bread. Like everything about it was fresh. It was it was done right. So it was like I, I, I feel weird saying it, but it was perfect. Like it was exactly the way that it should have been. 
And everything on their menu was like that. I ordered gazpacho because I've heard people talk about it. You know, that Simpsons episode where Lisa becomes a vegetarian, you know, she serves gazpacho and they make fun of her. But like, I had all of these things to experience it and every single dish on that menu was flawless. Like it was perfect execution. And like, I was, I, I can't say blown away, but I was just so impressed at the end of that meal because there wasn't a single thing that I could be like, well, this could have been better. No, nothing. Everything was great. The service was fantastic. Like it was just like, it's now on the list of the best restaurants that I've ever been to in my life. And I've had my long diatribe and that's where I'm introing this is I want to talk to you guys about the best restaurants that you've ever been to in your life and like how, like how it just like blows your mind that that, that sort of thing. Like, or how you've tried those dishes in other places and it just never compares. Um, I know I'm kind of putting some of you guys on the spot here, but we'll start with Rambo. Rambo, give me like a restaurant that, that you've had an experience like this where it's just like everything was just on point. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if I've ever had that experience, but the closest I can get is um, a restaurant that I have really fond memories of is there was a, a little Greek deli in College Park called Marathon Deli. And they, you know, they subs and, you know, uh, fries and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it was the first place I had a uh, Euro. Mm -hmm. um, and something about the, I don't, I still don't know what it is, like how they season their fries, but there was something about whatever spice combination they used. I think it was probably something like, oh, yeah, it's just onion powder, garlic powder, salt, and pepper. Um, but whatever combination and whatever ratios they used has been a completely unique experience that I've never been able to match. Um, it was, yeah, it was my first exposure to that goddamn delicious Greek sandwich. Uh, and it was something that my dad and me did, um, you know, years and years ago. Uh, sadly, neither my father nor the restaurant are, are, are any longer with us, but, uh, I always have this very distinct memory of going there. Uh, appreciate it, sir. Um, uh, of going there and getting this food, and it's just absolutely phenomenal. So, you said that was the first time that you'd ever had a euro. Yeah. Well, see, and that's another factor too. Is like that first time you you try something. A lot of times that can be a make or break thing. Like, oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, if if and, and yeah to, to some degree every every you know euro i've had since then has been judged off of that one yeah um, and and you know in fairness for the most part i've never had one that was bad um but i've also never quite had one that was as good as that yeah no i, I totally understand yeah it's like see i, I have the inverse like i i have not yet had indian food that i really enjoyed and I've had so many people tell me like, oh, it's so great. It's so great. It's so great. It's so great. Like every time I go, it's just okay. Gasp. Gasp. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it stinks too, because like in theory, like I love curry, like Thai food. I love Thai curry. Um, I had a curry dish when we were in Disney World, actually. It was a West Indian uh, curry. So it was like Caribbean in, in inspired as well. That was amazing. And I was like, I maybe I should give Indian food another try. But like every single time I do, it's just not 
enjoyable and that sucks and like i guess i just gotta find the right place you would think like living in the dc area like growing up in the dc metro area that there would i would have had at least one that was good but well i mean not. i think it also comes down to just personal taste it, it you're you're talking about this as though you you just not encountered the right place it could just be you don't like any food yeah, you might not just you just might not like it <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean it's yeah, it's possible. It's it's entirely possible. See, like again, though, I, I I roll back to you know being a fat guy. Like there can't be food that I actually don't like. I mean, <laughs> like you can even trust in your own fatness. Exactly. <laughs> Chasing the dragon yeah. of food that you never even experienced as positive. <laughs> it's fucking me up, man. Like it's in my head. That's the problem. You gotta embrace the roles before you embrace the roles. <laughs> <laughs> Said, man, give me give me a restaurant that is just like in your mind, like can do no wrong, or like it was the best experience you've ever had of whatever food. I I have one lined up already. It's a childhood favorite. It's a, on Hempstead Turnpike in uh, in uh, East Meadow, New York, Long Island. <clears throat> uh, Colony Diner. Shout out to them. You can you can bleep that out if you don't want to give them free press, but. Uh, those places get press. When when we like them, we we promote them. That's oh I, man, look, I don't know how they are now. I haven't been to them in like a, over a decade, but they had to this day the best Greek omelet. I said shout out to Greece and the Greek food is on point. The Greek they had a Greek omelet that was just it, it was just to die for. Like it was amazing, and I haven't it, I, I've I've had close to it, but never exactly. It was just the texture of the feta cheese and the spinach, and then like they just made the way they did the eggs. It was kind of like a little, like a little crispy. I don't know how to explain. It was just amazing. So almost like yeah. a, almost like a frittata where it's like crisp on the bottom. Yeah, but it sounds almost awesome. almost. But it was definitely I had that cheesiness when you when you bit into it. The cheese would like be nice and gooey. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm about to drool on the microphone here. Man. This is. <laughs> This is going to be one of those episodes where we walk away and we're all starving. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I love experiences like that. And like you talking about the cheese, like makes me think of I, we went to this uh, pizza place while we were down there, too, called Giordano's. Giordano's is like your Chicago style pizza. So it's not so much a pizza as it is like like a casserole or a cake. And it's like like the biscuit crust. And this che- pizza had so much cheese on it, y'all. Like MC, I think your comment was it looks like the it looks like the pizza from Goof, uh, from the Goofy movie, like where the cheese stretches yeah. like that. I that was legit. I have never actually seen cheese get that stretchy. It was insane and it was so good. And the quote that I that I've been very proud of that I said was, if there was a maximum amount of cheese that one human could withstand in a daily serving and then possibly die after they ate it. I feel like Giordano's was like maybe like a couple milligrams short of that because like this was I've never had so much cheese on any one thing in my entire life. But like I didn't hate it. Didn't stop me from eating it. So that's that kind of cheese. You feel like you're on the brink of death every time you swallow a bite. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You're going to choke to death. (laughs) This is it. Worth it. This is the end. If this is how it is. It's It's totally worth it. MC man, what about you? What what restaurant like just does no wrong in in your mind, or you've had like that perfect experience where everything was just amazing? Okay, so I had to look, I had to look up their name, and their name is like very I don't want to say basic, but it's kind of basic. 
Um, but so of all places, this place is actually located in Newport, Kentucky. I was uh, down there visiting a friend and uh, they brought me to this place because they know how much I appreciate, you know, Mexican food and like good Mexican food. Like we're not talking Chipotle, like actual, like legitimate Mexican food. And let me tell you, I had the best mouth orgasm ever <laughs> going into this, like going into this place. They're called La Mexicana. <laughs> La Mexicana. You know, not you know. I I thought the name was some was uh, was something else, but this is this is one hundred percent it. So, so like, first of all, the tortilla chips are like made fresh for you, so they're still warm and they're served to you, which is which is amazing. They have like the perfect like amount of they're like they're light, but they're also crunchy. Their queso is like the queso version of this pizza that Mike was just talking about. Because mm. just just so much, and they also have, they have, they have it's a white queso also, which uh, you know I don't know if y'all have had white queso, but like it, it's 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 like the best. And then you know like the 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 thing that really kind of cemented the entire experience for me. Oh, also margaritas, fucking incredible. They were, yeah, they were they were incredible. They do not cheat you on the liquor. Um, but the thing that really got me is they got this uh, this thing called the flag burrito, right? So, which is basically this big, huge, you know, fat, big chungus burrito <laughs> just slathered with two different types of sauces with only a thing of, like, uh, sour cream dividing it. So it, le- it legitimately looks like a flag on top of it. One of the sauces, I think you can you can choose, but one of the sauces is, is like a mild sauce. The other is a bit is a has a bit more kick to it. And oh my goodness, like that I, and the tequila sounds like a fun night on the toilet. <laughs> not quite. Yeah, I mean, trust me, there was no traffic on Hershey Highway after that. <laughs> Shut down the block. All lanes are clear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but just the yeah. the entire experience, and and the the thing about it too that I, that I like is, like they're not a huge operation, so it feels kind of like a almost like a like the equivalent of like a mom and pop shop that's doing it, because like it's not it's not very huge. Like it, they don't tend to get very crowded. They get a decent like a decent amount of people in there. But it, like it, 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 it legitimately just felt like 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 a very home like experience. Like I, I felt super comfortable there. Like I could have kicked my feet up if like if I were actually at home or something like that. But yeah, that that place is awesome, and like I'm legitimately considering going back to Cincinnati solely for or excuse me, Kentucky solely to go to this place because I've had other flag burritos and they just they they don't compare. Yeah, like. I think that I think a lot of it comes down to um, that's one of the things that I've noticed in what everybody has said is is authenticity is like they do. There's so many restaurants like I, I think of like and I'm not disparaging them in any way, shape or form, but like TGI Fridays is a perfect example where it's like, let's give you a burger, but it's got this and this. It's got like 95 different ingredients on top of it. And like what it's doing and the term I used in my article was culinary sleight of hand. What they're doing yeah. is, is they're using all of these things to cover up the quality of what they have. 
not saying that the burger is like horrible grade meat, but it's not the best. It's frozen, you know? So what do you got to do? It's the same thing when you're when you're cooking at home too. If you don't have the best high grade ingredients, you have to dress it up somehow to make it palatable. The best restaurants don't have to do that because they have high quality ingredients. They can let the ingredients kind of sp speak for themselves. And not only that too, it shows your your ability as a chef or just as a cook, you know? Like if you can make simple ingredients taste good and not fuck it up, then it shows that you know what you're doing. Because I think that's really what it comes down to. Because like if you got a bunch of sauces, man, it doesn't really fucking matter. You know, you deep fry something and you give it, put a good sauce with it. Who gives a shit? It tastes good. But like it's when you don't have those things to hide behind, you really have to know what you're doing. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Absolutely. I mean, like the 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 one of the most famous sandwiches to come out of France is a ham on sandwich sandwich, yeah. and it's a fresh baked baguette, ham, and butter. And that's it and it's yeah. but it's all like it's like farm fresh creamery butter um you know high-end ham and a baguette that like is still warm from the oven so when yeah it's 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 the opposite of what mike was talking about I and mean, when you when you have super high-end ingredients you can do very simple flavors um because each individual piece is going to stand on its own. Right. Each flavor is robust on its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And just kind of like looking back, that, that was an, we went to another restaurant um, while we were there called La Cellier. Uh, La Cellier is in Epcot. Uh, it's a Canadian – like they have like um, the World Showcase is what they call it. So there's basically like different sections of the park that are devoted to a country. And this one was in Canada. So it's a Canadian um, steakhouse. And I had never been there before. It was kind of fancy. It didn't really seem like my sort of thing. But my wife was like, hey, we can get a reservation here. It's really, really good. It's worth our time. And we ended up going. And I got steak. I am not a huge steak person. I will normally order a steak maybe two or three times a year, if that. I have nothing against it for anybody who is a huge steak person, but like, it's just normally not my thing. I'm, I'm normally like fish or chicken or like I just will like go vegetarian for the most part. But I tried this steak. It was, again, going talking about quality. It was the best steak I've ever had. And here's how I can guarantee that it was the best steak I've ever had. We had been in the, in the Florida heat all day and been going around and like trying like various um, like bits and pieces from like all over World Showcase all day. Um, I wasn't feeling well because I had been in the heat. I didn't drink enough water. I had been drinking as well. Um, so like the heat was getting to me and I was not feeling well at all when we were at the steakhouse. My head was killing me. I didn't, I took like two bites of my steak and I was like, I can't eat this anymore. It's actually making me sick. Um, so we packed it up. Um, we put it in the refrigerator in the hotel. Like I took like a handful of Tylenol and slept for like nine hours. I woke up the next morning and I had that steak for breakfast didn't microwave it, didn't do anything with it. I sliced it with my um, plastic knife and fork. This is how tender the steak was. Like I sliced it with a plastic knife and fork wow. after it had been sitting in the refrigerator and that, that shit was amazing. It was just as good as it was when I took the bites before. Cause even though I felt like dog shit, I took a bite of it the night before and I was like, holy shit, this steak's amazing. But like the next morning I tried it and like, you know how when you're sick to your stomach, and there's a smell associated with that. Like you had a food, like let's say you had a whole bunch of animal crackers when you were a kid and it made you sick yep. and you threw up. You'll never mm -hmm. want to eat animal crackers again. I literally had to power through that. 
because I got a whiff of the steak and I was like, oh God, it's reminding me that I got sick to my stomach because of this. And I was like, no, no, fuck that. This is an amazing steak. I'm eating this shit. And like, I took the bite and I was like, oh yeah, no, okay. I fixed it. Okay. I broke through, I powered through, I got this. And yeah, it was, it was incredible. And like even better, you know, that that's the other thing I wanted to mention too. You know, what also will set a lot of these restaurants apart too. amazing service. Yeah. The whole time that I'm not feeling well, the whole time that I'm sick, our server is like asking my wife, is, is your husband okay? Is he all right? Like, is there anything that I can do? Can I, can I bring him anything? And she's like, no, he just probably had too much sun and a little too much booze. Like, um, he'll, he'll be okay. And she was just so concerned about my well being, And like that in a, in a world where like so many people just don't give a shit about anybody else, like that's rare. And like that will set a place apart too. Absolutely, because it's all about. I mean, the the point of when you whenever you go out to eat is you want to have like an experience, right? Like part of it is the is you're going for the the food. Uh, the other part is that you're going to the <clears throat> the actual uh, the actual going out part, like the experience of being out, being with friends, being with family, being with whomever, and 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 enjoying it. So like. You can you because you can have a good experience with the food and not enjoy the actual experience of being at the restaurant. It mm-hmm. can you can it can be the reverse. Um, but you know, generally the best places can supply you with a good experience on both ends. Like you have a good time physically being there with your with your with who you're with or or by yourself, and then also you have a good experience with whatever it is that you ordered because you know. The quality is good, and care went into making this uh, this this uh, this dish for you. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I'm trying to think of like other restaurants too that like I absolutely loved, but like you go back, like like say you, you fell in love with it when you were a kid, and then you go back later, and you're just like, man, this is not the same because the service is bad or like the food quality has diminished. And like there oh, is nothing there is nothing question. worse than that. Like I think of like every crappy diner that I used to love as a kid. And like, um, I think actually, if I remember correctly, I think they just recently closed it. There's one up in Vienna called Amphora's. And if I remember correctly, I think Amphora's is closed now. I'm, gonna, I'm looking right now. Oh, uh, in uh, Fairfax or Vienna? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they shut down. Yeah, that was that was the jam, man. Like that was the place that like, you know, you're, you're, you're partying and drinking in DC until like two or, two or three o'clock in the morning. And then like, you're like, oh god, we gotta stop somewhere because I gotta sober up and I want something to eat. That place was always on point. 24 hours, like amazing Greek food. They had like a scratch made bakery. It was always really, really good. And I went back there like maybe like four or five years ago, and it just like the servers didn't care. The food quality sucked. I got orange juice. My orange juice was still frozen because I ordered breakfast, and it was just like, wow, you guys just like this sucks. Like, and, and it's, and you're not like mad at the people because you understand that running a business is difficult and you have to make hard decisions, but like, man, that was disappointing. Yeah, dude, that, that sounds fucking awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to, I was trying to think if I, if I have a place like that and I, I can't think of anything offhand because like most of the places that I remember from my childhood, I still kind of like now. Even that's if I don't a, go very often. That's a good thing, though, you know? Like, I'll tell you one that, like, I, I loved growing up, and it's not even, like, high quality. Um, I stopped going for a long time, and I started going back again because, as the folks say, I'm back on my bullshit. Um, I, I, love, I love a goddamn McDonald's cheeseburger. 
Like I shouldn't. I really shouldn't. But man, those tiny little burgers, those are like almost I wouldn't say perfect, but like they hit a certain spot and like every single time and like I feel like they taste exactly the same now as they did when I was a kid. And I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. It's just familiar, you know? Yeah, definitely not alone there. Uh-huh. Hundred percent. And they there's something about knowing what you're gonna get and getting that exact thing. Like expectations being low or high, but being met precisely where you had them. That there's something that's to be said for that. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I mean, any that you guys have, like, because well, I mean, honestly, we'll probably wrap this up here pretty soon because we don't have a whole lot more. Like, food is food is fun, but unless we have like a huge thing to talk about, like, there's not a whole lot we can go into. So. These are just like favorite restaurants or just restaurants we like. I, I, I just I was think favorite. Say, yeah. Okay. I, was, I, was, I was gonna say I have I have the opposite with Fun Ruckers. I, I I did not eat there for like a decades, like literally. Because when I was a little kid I got sick eating like a hamburger or something. Come to find out right before they closed down recently, I love them. They had good ass burgers. Uh. <laughs> I didn't know what I was missing all this time, so <laughs> Yeah, dude. It, it, they do have good burgers, man, and like I, I loved, I loved Fuddruckers. That was actually one of my first jobs when I was a kid. Yeah, my and... boy tried to get me to eat a, a ostrich burger. Yeah, oh, yeah. I didn't even know the kid. It's they, surpri- they, they... like it's surprisingly good. It, it tastes like beef, but it looks like chicken. It's yeah. Interesting. But um, they shut down a bunch of the Fuddruckers, man, and like the only one that's yeah. left that I know of is like up in Woodbridge. And like honestly, like nobody wants to go to Woodbridge. Let's 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 yeah. like, just <laughs> put that out there right now. But yeah, like that's the only one that I know of that I can think of. I used of. to live there. <laughs> I did. I grew up there, man. I don't want to go back to that fucking place. Like, what is Woodbridge famous for? Potomac Mills Mall. What else? That's it. That's it. <laughs> that's all no, I need. <laughs> uh, so there's one place I've only been to once, but I I went because I sub I somehow found them on Instagram, and the food looked unreal. Uh, it's a place called Uncaged Chefs. Uh, they are in Upper Marlboro, I think. Yeah. I eat so, there all the time. Man, that fucking place is insane. They're amazing. The food is great. I order them on Uber Eats all the time. Highly suggested. Oh, you fucker! You live close enough to get delivery. Yep. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm looking at their I'm looking at their Instagram right now. What it's like a the fuck is this? For me. <laughs> I, I was I can't remember why I was over or like near near that way I was like I think it was like 20 minutes away from it. I was like ah fuck it I'm I'm so rarely over here but just to give like I'm just gonna list some things off the menu how about that um, crab dip with buttery toast uncaged surf sandwich which consists of sweet jerk salmon Cajun crab cake uncaged sauce on a brioche bun with fries uh, jerk crab and shrimp pasta. <laughs> Which is a Cajun crab cake, five jerk shrimp, Cajun aioli, jerk pasta, and pico de gallo. Henny mumbo fried chicken, crab egg rolls. And that's just the savory stuff. We haven't even gotten into the sweets. Like the the strawberry shortcake cinnamon roll. The fucking... (laughs) The snickerdoodle peach cobbler cheesecake. Look, let me just state this up front. Okay. (laughs) When it comes to my health, okay, I'm hanging on by a thread right now, Rando. All right, and you saying things like this is not helping me, cause like, 
I'm like, all right, I can get my weight under control. I got this. Uh, you know, I'm a little afraid that if I don't get this under control, I might have to start worrying about diabetic issues. Well, well wait, Mike, check it out. There's a place out here that does homemade uh, uh, pop tarts. Fuck. Oh, fucking Ted's. <laughs> yes, Ted's, Ted's Bolton. Yes, Ted's. <laughs> You guys that, was, that was probably going to be the next place I was going to mention. <laughs> Why did oh I do this to myself? I love Ted's. Why was it's, I like, we need to do a podcast episode about food. Hey, I'm fully it, vaccinated. Like, now I feel I'm starving. <laughs> Ted's cheese grits. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Cheese grits from Ted's <laughs> are so an excuse oh. for... Basically, if you wanted to eat a pile of cheddar cheese and you needed to have excuse of like, oh, but no, there's a there's a grain in here. Um, it is it like molecularly, it has to be a one to one ratio minimum. Um, yeah, it's fucking crazy. Oh, uh, you know, what's funny. Like, I thought they made it normal because that's how my dad makes it. So maybe man. he's been pumping me full of cheese all these years. <laughs> yeah. Fucking injecting you with dairy like the super soldier serum. That would explain some things, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> Garlic butter donuts with crab cake. Fucking uncaged shelves is insane. The good news is it's like a two and a half hour drive for you. <laughs> one, one thing I love true. about the DC restaurants out here is the creativity of the menus. I've never seen it before. And I'm from New York, as you guys know, and yeah. like these these guys out here really like put a lot of like thought into their dishes. Mm-hmm. It's what I love about DC, man. And when people when people shit on DC, which it happens a lot. Like, they'll be like, oh, you know, DC like, doesn't have its own, like, individuality because, like, everybody's from somewhere else. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. But you know what that means? Everything is fucking amazing here. And they were like, well, what do you mean? I was like, our seafood is good. All of our food is good. I was like, do you want an authentic Thai restaurant? What about Ethiopian? You ever had Ethiopian food? Guess what they have in DC? Fucking Ethiopian food. I was like, that's why DC's dope. Because we are, like, the epitome of melting pot. DC, really. Right. It's not just the best ribs. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah well, how, exactly. How's Mexican then, food? Oh, yeah. There, yeah, there's no, there's, there are no Mexican immigrants here. Therefore, all of Mexican food blows. Right. <laughs> yeah, and and there's, I mean, there's certain, there's certain regions you can go to for certain things. Like, yeah. there's a big Hispanic population in like the Silver Spring area, mm-hmm. and, and a big immigrant population over there. So like, that's a good place to go if you want to get like above average Mexican food for the area. Or good Ethiopian food or whatnot. Like, just go. Even you, I mean, downtown Silver Spring is a start. But if you just, like, venture and explore, like, you'll find some good stuff for sure. Oh, to be clear, I, that that was me uh, uh, piggybacking off what Sed said in terms of uh, the, like, you know, it's not just a place where you can get, you know, good ribs. Um, oh, yeah. I meant specifically, like, you know, uh, I, I was talking to some friends uh, uh, the other day about the fact that, um, their family lives, uh, or excuse me, has a house in, um, in Vermont and the place in Vermont, they, they have this house is like an hour away from civilization. And because it is so standard, boring white, there is no decent food beyond like, Oh, there's a pizza place. They're like, Oh, okay. Well, there's, there's no combination of different cultures to encourage, you know, new and experimental cuisines. So it's just like, oh yeah, we put bread and we we put cheese and tomato sauce on bread, and then we put it in the oven. Which hey, you know what's interesting though? Like, with that being said, why aren't there more like German restaurants and like different Mediterranean restaurants more widespread? Like, you have to go like 
diving for those places. You know what's interesting? Okay. Actually, I did some research about German restaurants because I thought the same thing too. Because I had never actually been to an authentic German restaurant at all until, again, fucking Disney World. Because there's the German Pavilion and they have um, a, a uh, like an Oktoberfest, basically, basically, where it's like a buffet of all of the most amazing German food you've ever had in your life. The German like smorgasbord used to be a big thing. There were tons of restaurants around, but it was really, really, really big in the 60s and 70s. And it started dying because people were like, this is really heavy, like all the time and everything's meat and gravies. And like people started trying to get more health conscious. So the German restaurant scene like that started to die because a lot of German chefs didn't want to change with the times and try to lighten up their food. So a lot of younger German chefs now are trying to find ways to modernize it, and they're doing a lot of fusion stuff too. So like, yeah, because I, I literally researched this at one point because I was trying to figure it out, and like it's it's really kind of fascinating. That's why. But like you find a ton of them in the Midwest, which all of us are East Coast kids. So like you know we don't who cares about the Midwest? Like you know where the first place I had German food was in North Carolina, if you can believe that. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> You'd never first, think. First place I ever had it was Bush Gardens in Williamsburg. There's, that is equally as perplexing. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it all comes down to where uh, immigrant populations popped up. Like the the biggest um, uh, uh, Muslim population, like condensed Muslim population, um, like per capita in the U.S. is in Dearborn, Michigan. Yeah. Because. I think like the the fucking really? uh, auto industry. Yeah. They were like, "Hey, we need people. You want a fucking visa?" <laughs> and, yeah. And motherfuckers came over in droves. Um, it's the same thing with the East Coast in Jacksonville. Jacksonville, Florida, has the largest Muslim American population on the East Coast. And yeah, and it's just it's. I would have never thought that in my life. Yeah, fucking Jacksonville. Yeah. <laughs> um, the fucking the home of Chad. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i don't think that gator is gonna bite me um but yeah no it's 100 percent where immigrant populations settle um and then it becomes just like taking something from the, the honestly man like if i had to point to a single element of why jingoism and and like the the fucking chauvinistic bullshit of of, of uber patriotism uh and bigotry is so goddamn stupid you know how much good food you're missing out on oh yeah like when you start you know pushing cultures away like all right cool i hope you enjoy wonder bread and mayo like good food good music oh yeah good people yeah friends 100 percent all love relationships all that well, like, and that's the other thing, too, for me is like the more I study other cultures and the more I study other like nationalities and things like that, you learn so much about the world. And like that's the thing that blows me away is when you'll have people like draw these lines in the sand, you know, like, oh, I like people except for like X. All of the stories as far as religions go, all of the stories as far as cultures go, like as far as these like tall tales and these heroes, they're all basically the same. And, like, it just blows me away. And, like, the thing that makes it even better is, like, when you realize that, one, we're all more or less the same, but, two, hey, 
are you tired of eating your potatoes just wrapped in dough and fried in a pierogi? Guess what some of these other places have done? They've turned it into a starch and they've turned it into like a pasta. They've turned it into this. They've turned it into bread. Like learning about other things is just like it's the buffet of the world. Like just just in general, like it just it blows me away when people are like so close minded that they aren't even willing to see how great other stuff can be outside of their own little world. And most dishes but, these days are so derivative, like it, like what they think is theirs isn't really theirs anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. shit. What's the most Irish food you can think of? Like single item Irish food. Potatoes, cabbage, and uh, corned beef. Corned beef. Fucking, uh, corned beef. Yes. But, Almost but, an ash, but no. Number one on that list was potatoes, right? Potatoes are not native to Europe. <laughs> Potatoes were brought over from South America. Jesus. Really? Like, they did, They had to be brought in. Like, they became a staple food group. But, you know, they're, I mean, shit. Like, in England, uh, uh, you know, one of the, the, the fucking national dishes is curry. And that's because there's a massive Indian and Pakistani population in England. But you'll still have, you know, all this fucking bigotry toward those groups because of just stupidity. And I'm just yeah. like, motherfucker, how can you, how can you order like a kebab and then be like, oh, meh, meh, meh. like what the fuck? The yeah. the the lack of self reflection is just incredible. Yeah, it kills it kills me that Eric Clapton, like first off, total scumbag, and, I'll, and I'm going to give you two examples here. So Eric Clapton, a white dude who plays the blues. There's nothing <laughs> ironic about that, right? Like racist as shit, <laughs> racist as shit. Like went off on these racist rants about how he doesn't like foreigners coming into England and things like that. Not only that, big time anti-masker. So if any of you are like, uh, you know what, Eric Clapton sure can play a mean guitar. Yeah, he can, but then he's also like looking for ways to exclude Muslims and things like that. So fuck everything about it. Yeah. But like, th- exactly, that, that's the perfect example. You're gonna have somebody who's English or British in this case, who basically like his entire culture is built on stealing from other cultures. Gonna sit there and say, I don't want people coming to my country. Yeah, after you went to their country, like your people went to their countries and took everything. Like yeah. it's the, the fucking, like just the audacity of anybody to run their mouth about shit like that just blows my mind, man. Like. How can you, in in good conscience, say those things? Oh wait, that's right. You don't care. You don't have conscience. What you know, like, ugh, pisses me off, man. <laughs> people are fucking dumb. They are. So as we tend to do, we talk about one topic, then we get into how people are dumb uh, here on the Great Geek Refuge. So <laughs> what we're gonna do is we're gonna go ahead and wrap up our food episode. Um, check out our website, uh, greatgeekrefuge.com, because I just did that review, but I'm going to do more, too, because as I mentioned, we went to La Cellier. La Cellier had amazing food as well. But, like, even – there's a fast food restaurant down there in the uh, in the Florida area called uh, Pollo Tropical. Pollo Tropical blew me away because I figured it would just be, like, fast food, Cuban food, and it would be like, eh. No, it was really, really, really good. I was surprised at how good it was. So like, there's lots of surprises, especially when you travel. Like, it always ba- like blows my mind when people will travel and they'll be like, "Let's go to Applebee's." Like, why are you gonna go to some like chain restaurant that you've been to a million times that you can get here when you can try something different and unique? And like, it just you can experience the world, like we were just talking about. Like, there's so much good in the world when it comes to food and things like that. Bro, what was that place? 
Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go, no, no. Go ahead. What's up, man? Oh, no. I was going to say, hey, Brooks, what was the place we went to in Ohio with the comics on the wall? It's, it's funny you mentioned that because I was, I was going to mention that place. So I call Super Chefs. <clears throat> Super oh, my Chefs. Goodness. Oh, my goodness, dude. Super Chefs. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you guys the pictures in in the in the group chat so you can see. But yeah, basically it's this it's this black owned like brunch spot, and they have two Man. locations. Uh, they have two locations. One is Louisville, and the other is was it Columbus? I think. Looks like because I think the I think the one we went to was in Columbus. Gahana, yeah, one in Columbus and another one in Springfield. Maybe I don't know. I don't I don't remember where exactly. There were two. Yeah. Yeah. But this is black. It's is black owned, and like you go in it, and like the walls are just decorated with all sorts of Marvel, DC, comic greatness, and like the I mean the the fucking music selection was great because they they were playing like the Gap Band and like Earth Wind and Fire and like the all that was fire. Oh my god, <laughs> the food was fire. Man, I'm looking at. Just like so, I pulled up the website, and the fucking list of pancakes this place has is goddamn. They have themed food, like they had an Incredible Hulk waffles mm. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Incredible Hulk. Were, they, um, oh my goodness! Was it? They had a Juggernaut one. I remember two nice. red waffle sandwiches with fried chicken, candy bacon, over medium eggs, American That's pepper jack topped with honey drizzle and maple syrup, comes with a side of hash. That's the one I had. I oh. had that before I knew I had diabetes. I had that. <laughs> that was the dish right there. That was the one that gave you. That was, that was that probably was, and it was. That like, you know what? That it was the turning point. It, it might have yeah, been I was worth say it. It was worth it. It was so your, good. You went to your doctor and you're like, "Yeah, I'm not feeling too well." And he's like, "Did you have uh, the Incredible Hulk uh, waffles?" <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I yeah. Sure did. Yeah. Now you have diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay we see this a lot you know like oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on that There's note on that note folks go outside your comfort zone every now and then try something new you'll be surprised what you find there's a lot of great things out there when it comes to food as we say together there are no heights we can't reach same thing when it comes to food you know together there are no delicious things we can't have or serve or... can't eat there you go Together, there are no heights we can't eat. So. <laughs> I like that. Thanks, folks. Stay tuned for the next episode. We're going to be talking uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, so make sure you follow us on whatever streaming site you choose to listen to your podcasts on. For everybody here at the Great Geek Refuge, my name is Mike Lunsford, and we'll catch you the next time.
Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy. Oh, put one of those hash browns at the end, you know, like hash brown team Cobra Kai or something. And then send it to the internet!